0: Awesome, so good to see everyone here tonight. Hello everyone. Happy Father's Day. I'm happy. I went camping with the kids. Uh, Jess went down to Albany for work on Thursday night um, and she was away for two nights. And so I thought, what do you do when mum goes away? You go camping with the kids. That's right, you play. And so I took the kids down to Nanga Bush Camp about just south of Dwelling up there. Uh, we packed the car and got the tent and everything in there and we had a great time there setting up the tent and going for walks along the river and, uh, and then we lit the fire and we built up the fire to be nice and bright because we forgot the lantern um, and so the, the fire was our only source of light and, um, and so that was a little unfortunate but... Um, but the kids love sticking sticks into the, um, into the fire and roasting marshmallows and playing with the, at night you get the sticks out and the end of it glows and they love zhoo zhoo, pretending that they're Star Wars characters with the lightsabers and the sparks going everywhere and it's lucky mum wasn't around is all I can say. Um, and so they did, get, they did get slightly burnt but not, not too burnt so they're all good. Um, but right now we are in the series called Holy Spirit. And so today is the first Sunday of a three-part series called Holy Spirit, and it's your first, first time to church today. We just want to welcome you as well. got a good friend from Melbourne, Violet, here with us, all the way from Melbourne. It's so good to have you here with us. And, um, and if you're here for the first time, then uh, this is the first part of our series, Holy Spirit. And so buckle your seatbelts in. It's going to be awesome. Next week, Jess is going to be speaking, my wife, which I can't wait for, which is going to be very, very cool. Um, but... You know, there's something about a fire that attracts you, doesn't it? I mean, sitting around the campfire with my kids, we're just staring to this fire. It's something that just, just grabs your attention. And, um, and we want to be a church that is on fire for God. We want to be a church that isn't just sort of stagnant. It's not a church that just stays still. But we want to be a church full of people that are on fire for God. We want to be a church that is like a city on a hill that shines brightly. In fact, the darker the world gets around us, we want to only shine even brighter than we had before. We want to be on fire. And fire is a, a bit of a word that the Bible uses to describe the Holy Spirit. And so it's what this series is all about. Um, maybe there's some of you here that, have, that are going, well, I don't know much about the Holy Spirit at all. Maybe like Courtney, it was such a good video, such a great story. Um, when he began to encounter God, maybe there's a lot of questions are going, well, who is the Holy Spirit? I don't, I don't know much about the Holy Spirit. It sounds a bit strange, or maybe you're here and you're from different kinds of church backgrounds where you've been taught some pretty interesting things, and that's what we really want to address during this season right now. And, um, and there's a scripture from Acts 19 verse 1 to 2, it's not on the screen, but um, Paul actually goes to the city of Ephesus, where there's some believers there, just like this, it was a church plant that he planted, and he went away from, from for a number of years, and he came back to visit them and to encourage them. And he asked them, have you been baptized? Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? They've been baptized, which means they've been saved. John's baptism, water baptism. But he said, have you yet received the Holy Spirit? And they say, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. And so maybe you're in that position tonight and God really wants to speak to us over the next few weeks. And and our heart is just to help you encounter more and more of the life-changing power of God in your life. Um, which is good. And so we are a Pentecostal church, um, and so we're not going to get too weird. We don't have any chandeliers here or anything like that, but we kind of want to dispel a few myths as well. Um, For me, my background when it comes to the Holy Spirit is I was actually raised in quite a conservative church. So uh, I grew up in a diet of Church of Christ churches and Baptist churches, as we moved around to country towns, and then finally we settled in a in Albany Baptist Church, which is, which is a great church full of great families, but it was known to be on the more conservative side of things. And so, although I learned all about the love of God, the love of God the Father, I learned all about what Jesus had done for me, God the Son. Um, as far as God the Holy Spirit was concerned, the third person of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Holy, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three in one. Three persons, one God. As far as the Holy Spirit was concerned, that was an area that was like a blind spot to me. I didn't hear much about healings, I didn't hear much about miracles or the gifts of the Holy Spirit and so when I moved up to Perth to study, I began to be exposed to different churches around the place and I began to open my mind a little bit more and to, to actually read my Bible a little bit more myself and I began to discover some interesting things, um, and actually, I became friends with someone who was partially paralyzed. They had a stroke, and they were partially paralyzed. They used to walk around with a walking stick, and one night they had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, and they were miraculously healed and Their life was completely changed in one moment, in one encounter with the holy Spirit and so this began to get me interested and Over the course of time, I began to experience the reality of the power of the Holy Spirit in my own life. There are areas of my heart where I needed healing, deep healing from the Holy Spirit. I began to feel more alive on the inside. The gifts of the Holy Spirit began to rise up within me. And rather than being, if you use the fire analogy, a coal on the outside, I began to feel like I was actually carrying some of my own fire and setting other people alight as well. It gave me a new boldness, not to leave in fear or intimidation. Let me tell you, I had a whole lot of fear of what other people thought of me. I was very insecure. But when the Holy Spirit comes, it gives you a new boldness and a new confidence to actually be who God's created you to be, be authentic and open about your faith as well. Um, And for me, I began to experience God's love in a more tangible and profound way than I had done before. And so for me, What we want is for you to experience this as well. We know there's many different experiences when it comes to the Holy Spirit, but we want your faith to grow. We want you to have an encounter with the love of God. We want your giftings to come alive in God as well. And so tonight we're going to be just looking at a few key things. One, we're going to be looking at the nature of the Holy Spirit. What does the Bible say? How does the Bible describe the Holy Spirit? I can tell you, we could speak for months on this, but tonight is such a small snippet, a little, very small taste tester. We're going to be talking about the nature of the Holy Spirit and then the power of the Holy Spirit. What does the power of the Holy Spirit do for every single one of us? What access do we have when it comes to the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives? And so I'd love to begin by praying and asking God to come. I mean, the Holy Spirit is here with us here in this room. And I'd love all of us here to open up a heart and say, God, would you speak to me tonight? God, I'm hungry. I'll lean in tonight. I'm not going to sit back and just observe. Actually, what I'm going to do is lean in to what you want to say to me, Holy Spirit, tonight. And if you're watching and listening online as well, we just invite you to join me as I pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord God, we come to you tonight and we thank you that you love every single person here. Lord God, we thank you, God, that you are a limitless God. Lord, there's so much great depths of you to be explored and to be known and discovered in our life, God. And so, we pray, Holy Spirit, would you just come in this moment Would you come, Lord God? Would you teach us? Would you minister to us, Lord God? And would you lead us another step closer to you, Father God? I pray this in Jesus' name. And we all said? Amen. Awesome. So, the nature of the Holy Spirit. You know, the word that we get Holy Spirit from, some translations say Holy Ghost. That sounds like so. It would be weird to have a relationship with a ghost. I don't know if you've ever seen one. I haven't yet. But um, the Holy Ghost is an old-school term. But there's 800 times throughout the Bible, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, when the Holy Spirit was referred to. And in the Old Testament, it is the, word, the Hebrew word that describes the Holy Spirit is ruach. you kind of got to get ready to hock some... Everyone go, ruach. Say it again, ruach. Just don't turn to the person next to you, otherwise you might get a little white, little thing just going out. Ruach. And ruach means a wind, breath, a violent exhalation, a blast, or a breath. It's, it's the breath of God. That's literally what the word means. It's the breath of God. It's the Spirit of God. And in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, it's the first mention of the ruach. It says the Spirit, the breath of God was hovering over the surface of the waters from Genesis Chapter 1. And then when we, we fast forward to the New Testament, the New Testament word, because the New Testament was written in the Greek, the word they use for Holy Spirit or Spirit is pneuma. Everyone's saying pneuma. And therefore you get pneumatology, the study of the Holy Spirit. Pneuma. And it is, it is equally, it's a current of air, a blast of breath, or a strong breeze. Again, it's like the wind of the Holy Spirit. It's the breath of life. It's the breath of God. And John chapter 6, verse 63, Jesus said, The words I've spoken to you are spirit, they're, they are pneuma, and they are life. The words that Jesus speaks to us are literally the breath of God. And so when we read the Bible, they're not just a lifeless ink on the page. We can lean into the Word of God because it's literally the breath of God. It is alive and living, and we can have an encounter and a relationship with the living Word rather than a religious sort of reference to some words. Actually, God wants us to encounter His Spirit because His words are life. They're the breath of God on them. And so when we look at this, we discover that the Holy Spirit is kind of referred to as being like wind, the breath of God. And so if you take a moment to think about, well, what is wind like? And there's just four quick things we can think about and learn about the Holy Spirit when we observe wind. And the first thing is, is that the wind or the Holy Spirit, like wind, is unseen. You can't see the Holy Spirit. You can't actually see wind, but you can tell the effect of wind. And when we went camping, our kids were very excited to see a tree completely overturned and as roots, this uprooted tree with the roots sticking out of the ground and they're playing all over it. That's like the effect of wind on that tree, blew that tree down. You can't see it, but you can see the effect of the wind around us. You see the wind and the leaves. You see the effect of our breath on maybe some glass. You can see the effect that our breath has, but you can't actually see the wind in and of itself. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 16 to 17, this is before Jesus departed earth and went to be with the Father. He said, I'm not going to leave you alone. The disciples are like, what? You died on the cross, you've risen from the dead, and now you're just abandoning us? But God says, no, 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 I'm, I'm not going to leave you alone. I will be with you in spirit. I'll be with you in spirit. So Jesus said, I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate, another paraclete, another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you into truth who leads into all truth the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize or, or see him but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you and so that word paraclete which is the greek word translated in this verse to advocate it literally means comforter some translate some people translate it as comforter as counselor it literally means one who is called alongside of And so when you think about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is unseen in your life, but no less present. The Holy Spirit looks to walk with you through every single hurdle, every success, failure, every valley of life. The Holy Spirit wants to walk alongside of you along the way. It was actually interesting when um, our kids went for a walk up the river, and when we turned and we were on our way back, they wanted to run ahead. And I thought, I don't know if they're going to find their way. But um, on the way back, I kind of actually took a shortcut and had a bit of a bird's eye view. And I just made sure they didn't get lost. Jess, you happy about that? Um, (laughs) But it was interesting. Winter was like, Dad, I got lost and I didn't know the way. So I asked God. And God, and I saw this bit of water and I knew it was going to be that way or, or something like this. It was so cute. He was led, the one who walks alongside of us and shows us the way back to the campsite. The Holy Spirit is you can't see it. You can't see the Holy Spirit because it's unseen. The Holy Spirit is also unpredictable. Unpredictable. Wind is unpredictable. I mean, we try to predict it. We have meteorologists that try to predict the weather. We have at the airports, the cones of wind that show us where the wind's going. So you can have real-time assessments for the pilots to take off. and, and, And we try to predict because we like things contained. We like to know what's happening. But Essentially, we can't control the wind. The wind, we we don't know where it's coming from, where it's going. And Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 8, He said, The wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. See, God is uncontainable. We can't systematize God. We can't control God. We can't contain Him. See, God doesn't want us to worship the system, but He wants us to follow the Spirit. Sometimes we're like, okay, God, thank you, Holy Spirit. I've got it all worked out now. I've got my theology all systematized. I don't need you now, Holy Spirit. I'll just take that now and I'll, I'll go on my merry old Christian walk. I've I've got it. I'll get how to do church. I know how to do all the right things. It's a bit like Moses and the burning bush. You know when Moses heard the voice of God? Moses actually delivered God's people out of slavery in Egypt. And it began with this this fearful man was was in the desert for 40 years looking after his father-in-law's sheep and God encountered this retired politician, if you like, and in one encounter, he, he came across a burning bush and the Spirit of God spoke to Moses and called him, go, you're my chosen man, to deliver a nation out of the powerful Pharaoh, the most powerful army of the world. And so he had this dramatic encounter and so he followed the voice of God and he went and did this, you know, Sometimes we like to take one experience and then, and then take that as a template to how God should move in the future. Imagine if Moses was like, the only time you're going to hear God's voice is if you have a burning bush. Imagine if we took that, we'd have all these bushes at the front of stage right here or something, and we'd have one in your living room, you're like, just, 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 just burn the bush, just burn it. It's like getting our matches out, trying to help God. And This is the only way he speaks to people is through a burning bush, but it happened once. God, once, God spoke that way. The Holy Spirit is uncontainable. There was also a blind man who came to Jesus. He's like, oh, I've got it all worked out. You just need to like, lay your hands on me right here. It's there. Oh, actually, this is the Holy. Just, just lay your hands on me, Jesus, and heal me. He's blind. He knew, he knew the system. But the Holy Spirit was like, no, I'm going to show it. I'm uncontainable and unpredictable. So what did he do? He just leant down. And, whoop, whoop, we all practiced. Whoop, whoop, spat into the mud spat into the, into the dust, made mud with his saliva and then rubbed it on the blind man's eyes and he's going, what happened to the hand laying thing? All of a sudden I got spit in my eyes but then he opened his eyes and he could see and it was a miracle. And then can you imagine us praying at the end of church? Any blind, anyone want to be healed? So we've got some dust here, we're just going to be spitting into some dust, just rubbing, where, where are you hurting? Where, where should I rub it? You're like, Weird. The Holy Spirit is uncontainable. We try to systematize God and put him into a box. But God, the Holy Spirit is uncontainable. He's unpredictable. Um, the third thing is wind, like the Holy Spirit, is powerful. If you think about wind, wind. through wind we can actually generate electricity. Through wind, ships, mighty ships have sailed through huge storms. We look at the impact of wind who topples this big mighty tree when we went camping. Wind through cyclones and typhoons and tornadoes can destroy whole suburbs. Wind is a powerful force. And the good news is for us is that the Holy Spirit is so powerful to do something in your life that is impossible for you to do on your own. You might be in a position where you you just need an outside source. You need some outside help in your life. You need something so much more powerful than you are. You've come to the end of what you can do. And now you're in a good place. You're in a place where you can allow the Holy Spirit to do, make a powerful move of God on your life. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said to him, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then last of all, this isn't comprehensive, but also the wind or the Holy Spirit, like wind, is refreshing. Um, I remember I had a valiant car and um, I used to go surfing with my brothers in this old valiant station wagon and it had no air conditioning and in the heart of summer when you hopped into the car and the windows were up and and I had a a bench seat a vinyl bench seat and you lean back on there with your bare chest and it's sticky and hot and you're sweating but when you start to drive and you wind those windows down and the breeze comes through you're like oh yeah so good and especially in the heart of summer, when you have those still hot summer days, you are just hot. And then in the afternoon, that Fremantle doctor, for those that are watching, there's a, there's, there's a sea breeze that comes, kind of blows up from Fremantle across the rest of Perth in the afternoon. And at the end of a still hot day, this refreshing Fremantle doctor, just to take all of our worries and cares away, just to, to, just to melt the, uh, the heat Of the day away this is what the Holy Spirit does can bring a refreshing wind to our spirits to refresh us on a dry and a parched season of our life or day of our life this is what the Holy Spirit does Acts chapter 3 verse 19 to 20 it says now repent of your sins just change your mind about the direction that your life is heading in and begin to turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away that your sins might be wiped away And get this, then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. You know, that word refreshment, it literally means to breathe uh, easy again. Everyone just uh, exhale. It literally means to revive with fresh air. Maybe there's some areas that are a bit stale in your life. You know, that stale air, same thing. And you're a bit sort of just stale you know the Holy Spirit is never stale the Holy Spirit always brings refreshment that word also means to revive literally revival the Holy Spirit wants to revive you in your spirits bring you alive turn up the saturation in the color of your life this is what the Holy Spirit does and so there's just a few looks at the nature of the Holy Spirit what is the Holy Spirit like and now I just want to talk about three ways that the Holy Spirit also gives us power just like Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you are filled with the power of God in your life. And three ways, the Holy Spirit gives us power. The first way is to live righteously, to live right, to do what's right. I mean, it is hard sometimes, right? To, to, to do what you know is right. And what happened is on Mount Sinai, when Moses led the Israelites out of slavery and captivity into the desert, they encountered God on Mount Sinai and he revealed himself to his people. And so he came down and, and, and Moses went to the top of the mountain and got the Ten Commandments written on tablets of stone. And no matter how hard the Israelites tried, maybe they didn't try that hard, but they just could not obey the law because they were trying to they were trying to please God with these external practices. They, they tried to obey God and live right without the Holy Spirit's help. It, it's impossible to live right before God. You can try, but it's pretty clunky. But what God does through the Holy Spirit is actually, it says that the Holy Spirit actually writes God's law on our hearts. Rather than us trying to conform, actually we are transformed on the inside. The Holy Spirit actually turns us into a people who our desires begin to shift. We actually begin to hunger to do what's right more. We, we lose our appetite for things that once, each that scratch. But now we begin, our desires begin to change, begin to hunger after other things. You know, I heard about a, a, an ancient recipe for pickles the other day. Um, about 200 AD, there's a recipe for pickles, and um, it sounds fun. It's fun to say that. Everyone, everyone say pickles. Not prickles. Pickles. And so, but ki- pickles don't naturally exist. You've got to pick up the pickles. You've got to pickle the cucumbers. They're not yet pickles until they're pickled. <laughs> and so this ancient recipe talked about baptism. But there's two types of baptism. There's bapto and baptizo. So what you'd have to do is get the get the cucumber and you have to baptize it you You dip it it's just a dipping on the outside and it would begin to it would begin to soften the flesh of the cucumber to allow the baptizo to take effect and the baptizo was something that wasn't just external but it was internal where the vinegar and the and, and the juice around it began to literally transform the makeup of the cucumber into being pickled changed and transformed on the inside and this is what the holy spirit wants to do with us not just for us to be dipped into god but the holy spirit wants to come in and literally change our very makeup so that we will begin to look pickled we will begin to look like jesus himself and the holy spirit gives us the power to do it you and i are on the same page just because i'm about three feet taller than you does not mean that it's any easier for me than it is for you let me tell you It is by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can live and do what is right in Jesus' name. Um, The second way the Holy Spirit gives us power is to live a supernatural life, to live supernaturally. See, as followers of God, we aren't called just to follow the world and live status quo, but God invites us actually to live a supernatural life, something that is greater than a natural life, supernatural In fact, God wants us to be a part of our normal Christian experience, that it's not a weird or strange things that happens, but God wants us to live a supernatural life through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we see in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, where it says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, with the pneuma, with the breath of God, and with power. And then, and then, after Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit and with power... He just went around doing good. Jesus just went around doing good and healing and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Not just some, not just his favourites, but all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. And you know, the truth is that this same Holy Spirit that Jesus lived by actually lives within us. And each of us had the same access to the power of God in our life. Jesus actually said to the believers, He said to His followers, you will do even greater things than I have done. I mean, you've seen what I've done. I've risen the people from the dead. I've healed the sick. I've delivered people from demonic oppression. But the same Spirit that empowered me to do it actually lives in you, is accessible to every single one of you. God has given all of us equal footing when it comes to the Holy Spirit. In the beginning of Acts it says, my spirit will be poured out on all people, male and female young and old slave and free, no matter what your state in your life there's no qualification to receive the Holy Spirit except a hunger, a willingness a leaning in a a desperation, a humility that says, God I need you, would you come would you fill me with the Holy Spirit and I just love what Jess said about what God has been doing here at church. Last Sunday there was actually uh, a young lady a lady who came to church and her knee has been in a lot of pain a long time and she, her knee was instantly healed when someone prayed for her. and She was able to kneel down and actually jump around it was after the service and right even in the spiritual moment um, where God healed her by the power of the Holy Spirit. Last week there was actually during the ministry time there was people who had backs were actually released from pain and, and things that led to migraines and there are two people who's impacted by the power of the Holy Spirit right here. And, and the same Spirit is here to do something supernatural here tonight as well. The Holy Spirit gives us power to live right, to live a supernatural life, and also to do your mission, to live your mission. What am I here for? What's my purpose? You know, God has a purpose for your life that is actually beyond yourself. If you've ever felt like you've gotten to the end of it, you're like, it's all too much, that's good news. Because that might mean that you're on the right track. It's all too much because God's mission for you was actually never meant to rely on your strength, on, on, on your capacity. But God says, I've given you the Holy Spirit to empower you to do what I've called you to do. And it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 to 5, This was like Paul. He's the super Christian. He's the super Christian. He wrote most of the New Testament or a huge chunk of it anyway. But this is what Paul said when he spoke to the church in Corinth. He said, and my message and my preaching were very plain. A little bit like how we preach here sometimes. We don't try to use too many long words. And I'm not that smart, by the way. Um, but, But we try to make it simple and plain. He said, my preaching was very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches and PowerPoints and everything, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would not trust in human wisdom, but in the power of God. You know, God doesn't want us to lean on our wisdom, to lean on the wisdom that the world has to offer us. But God wants us to lean on the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants us to trust in Him to find our source in Him, to find our wisdom from Him. He knows the way. He's got the bird's eye view. He sees you walking on the edge of the river. He knows when you're lost, but He knows where you are. You're not lost. He wants you to lean on His wisdom and and not on our own. And we've discovered what it's like when we get to the end of our own wisdom. We've hit a lot of dead ends in life, but God invites us, come, let me give you wisdom in your life and and I will lead you. And, And for us at this church, you know, we... We love great music. We love the lights. We love Instagram. We love social media. We love all this kind of stuff. But do you know what? At the end of the day, none of that can transform our life. The only thing that can transform our life is God through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, we're not looking to making cookie-cutter Christians, but we're What we're looking for, what we're looking for, is people that are hungry for the power of the Holy Spirit. That we will be carrying our own flame. That we will be a church that is on fire for God. There will be a church that burn, that burns brightly, that people are attracted to it, they're drawn. What is happening there? And they go, "Wow, that is God that is moving in people's lives." And so tonight, as we just come towards the end, I just want to encourage us with this final thought, and it's from Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18. And it says, "Don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless indiscretion. But instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. See, I know none of us here get inebriated very often. Um, But I know many of us have been in the past. And if you have or you know someone that have, you've seen someone that's maybe had a few glasses too many, it's pretty obvious. I mean, they kind of lose balance. Their thinking changes, their behavior changes. They kind of, in a way, change into a different person and they do things maybe they wouldn't normally do well this is kind of the negative sense of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives the Holy Spirit wants to move in our lives and we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit because God wants to change us as well he wants to change the way that we walk he wants to give us a a new boldness that's not relying on having a few drinks but a boldness of the Holy Spirit in our lives he wants us to think differently to behave differently there's an effect that the Holy Spirit will have on your life and I tell you what it's with no hangover as well it is the best it is the best drink you can have but see in this verse it says be filled with the Holy Spirit um, in, the, in the Greek when that's written it's in the continuous present tense it means don't just be filled once don't just pull up it's like filling up your car once with fuel and then just thinking I'm going to drive across the Nullarbor It's like, are you serious? We need to be ongoingly filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be having daily pit stops with the Holy Spirit. We need to be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit because we all leak. All of us leak. Um, I especially leak when the driver in front of me is going really slow. Um, I could discover all kinds of new words threatening to come out of my mouth and but you put on the Christian smile for so long, you know, that cheesy Christian smile. No, no, you go. No, no, you go. just like leak. Um, Kids, sometimes leak. Um, Pressures, leak. We all leak. We can all be leaky Christians. Just like the radiator that Jess and I had in our Commodore car a few years ago. Every single time we drove out of the driveway, we had to fill up our radiator with water. Like if we didn't, it was, it was over our car broke down numerous times got a bit burnt out and it's the same picture with us we just need to be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit let's, I love what Jess said at the beginning of church tonight she said let's not get familiar with how awesome this is that we can gather together let's, got, let's, let's not get familiar with the Holy Spirit let's not get familiar with God's presence in us that wants to refresh us wants to enable us to live right wants to give us the wisdom of God wants to give us power to live right, to live a supernatural life, and for us to do our mission. And so, my question is you what is your influence? you under the influence of what in your life? One, other things. What, what, what's influencing and affecting the condition of your life at the moment? I want to encourage you let your influence be the Holy Spirit. And it's one, like I said, with no hangover, it makes you feel, feel to the brim, satisfied overflowing with the love of God in our life so right now why don't we just stand together in this moment we're not gonna we're not gonna be doing anything too strange at the moment don't worry it's all good just take a breath it's okay Um, but we're simply gonna make the most of this opportunity just to be filled again just to be filled again to be refreshed again why don't we just close our eyes across this room from the left to the right front to the back Maybe online right now as well. I don't know where you're at in your life right now in this moment. Maybe you're in that desert town. Maybe it's like summer where it's a bit dry at the moment. Maybe the air around you is a bit stale. Maybe you've been oppressed a little bit by the things that are going on in your life. Well, the Holy Spirit wants to make you breathe easy again. Even right now, He wants to come. He's starting to move in this place.